0: So much for John Schneider and the Seahawks not spending on big fish at the beginning of free agency. We'll talk about how the Seahawks bucked prior trends with a splash signing on our latest installment of Locked On Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to be joined for our Mock Draft Monday episode by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. A special thanks to all the 12s out there, whether you're listening in nearby Redmond or over in Germany. We greatly appreciate you making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. I know it's the first day of free agency, but surprisingly, we have some very big news about the Seahawks signing a top-tier free agent it's a very rare occasion, so we're going to be diving into that signing, plus we will be taking a look at some cap casualties and what we've noticed in the free agent market so far across the league, plus our latest run of mock drafts. We've got three of them we're going to be looking at that might be a little bit different if they were redone now. With the signing, we're going to be breaking down here in a moment. Now, for your lead story here on our Monday edition of Locked on Seahawks. Throughout the John Schneider, Pete Carroll era, the Seahawks have typically been one of those teams that has sat back and waited for the first wave or two in free agency to commence, let everybody spend the big bucks, and then they come in looking for bargains. That trend has officially been bucked, though, this offseason, and the Seahawks have added a big fish figuratively and literally to their defensive line. Draymond Jones, formerly the Denver Broncos, coming on a three-year, $48 million contract. Rob, this is not the kind of money that we normally see John Schneider throw around in free agency. And at the same time, after seeing the 49ers get Javon Hargrave earlier today, you got to wonder if John Schneider was thinking, hey, we got to keep up with the Joneses here in the NFC West, and this is our biggest deficiency on our roster. This kid's only 26, and ascending talent, has played in the defense like the one we run right now. Let's go be aggressive and make this happen.
1: Yeah, and get an awfully good football player in Draymond Jones. And this is a player who he's 6'3", is 280 pounds, Corbin. He, as you said, has experience in playing uh, in, in multiple different alignments as a defensive tackle, as well as outside as a defensive end. Um, and, and he has a history, a proven history. Uh, of getting to the quarterback and we all know how important that is in, in today's nfl 22 sacks over his four seasons that his rookie season he only he had the three and a half uh sacks every year since that he's had at least five sacks his only season as a starter back at ohio state uh he had eight and a half sacks that season uh you know again six three 280 pounds um, but he's got really long arms, disproportionately long arms for that frame, 33 and three-quarter inch arms. He's got really strong arm or really strong hands, excuse me. And he's quick. He pairs them up so, so well. He pairs up his his hands and his feet so well, Corbin. That I've actually used the comparison to Michael Bennett. Uh, you know, who, who Seahawks fans will, of course, remember, and, uh, you know, for, for his uh, success in Seattle, and that's actually who I, I uh, you know, compared him to um, when when um, when Draymond Jones was coming out of Ohio State, and, and so I, I I love this signing for Seattle, and we should be clear, you um, we know, we're Uh, you know, recording this a little bit earlier than they can actually make these signs official. But Draymond Jones has already put it on his official Twitter account that, you know, that he's going to be coming to Seattle. And this is what happens now in today's NFL uh, free agency, modern day free agency, is that that teams and and players can have that kind of negotiating period. And as you said, it's so very rare that Seattle comes out swinging in the opening day. um, And yet it appears that's exactly the case this week or this year.
0: Yeah, and I think it's interesting. There's a quote that is now on social media coming from respected reporter Josina Anderson, who has talked with Draymond Jones. And this is the quote that she had on social media from Jones himself. I feel like the Seahawks have the biggest belief in me. They have a really promising team, and I'm looking forward to transitioning to that city And so it's, again, Pete Carroll and John Schneider, their ability to sell the culture, to sell the future of this franchise. I don't know that in the last couple of seasons, definitely not last year, even if they wanted to spend this kind of money, I don't know if they could have persuaded an outside free agent to sign with them. But coming off a year where they surprised everybody in winning nine games and the way that Geno Smith played, the faith they just showed in him by giving him a big contract, and some of the other players that they've signed that sent a message, as Pete Carroll was talking about earlier this week with Gino. It sends a message to outside free agencies. We mean business. We are going to go out and we are going to make offers to these kind of players, and we are going to look appealing because we consistently compete for playoff spots and championships. And we think we are an ascending unit that is just scratching the surface of our potential as far as fit goes. This was a player that I had on my short list that looked like a potential Player, if to spend, I did not think a three year $48 million contract to any player in free agency, to be honest with you. I did not think they would do it because of the track record, but. John Schneider identified a clear need, and he found a player who he can plug in and knows this scheme inside and out. He played most of his NFL career for Vic Fangio, and two of those seasons he had at least five sacks were in that defense, and he can play all those different alignments. He's got great quickness at 280-plus pounds. He is the perfect fit for this defense from a pass-rushing standpoint. My one concern, we know how much this team struggled defending the run last season. That has never been a strength in Draymond Jones' game. If he wants to ascend to that next level where he is one of the top defensive tackles in the NFL, that is a clear area that he has got to get better. As quick as he is, as athletic as he is, he can get bullied sometimes in the trenches and hasn't necessarily been consistent. You see flash plays against the run. They have to get him to be a more consistent player in that capacity. And if they do – This could end up being a deal. No, it's a lot of money. Looks like a lot of money. If he's getting to the quarterback and he gets better defending the run, this has a chance to be a very good investment. It could be a borderline steal a couple years down the line.
1: Well, I think that it is going to be a very good investment, and I agree. I think it could wind up become being viewed as a steal. I think that it will be viewed as a steal if Draymond Jones just continues to do what he has done. And again, that's that's been you know averaging six sacks a, a season over the last three years. Um and, and still as you say, he's only 26 years old. I think this is still an ascending player. Uh, you know, he played in. I think I believe there was only thirteen games a year ago, and still got those six and a half sacks. So you just, you know, project that out a little bit further. I think you were talking about a possible double digit type of a sack guy. I, I don't know that he necessarily is going to be able to get that uh, on on paper, so to speak, in Seattle system. That's not what you're necessarily expecting him to do. But because Seattle has such quicker smaller type of edge rushers um you know that i, I think that he's going to be able to complement that very well and, and be their their primary Pass rusher as far as defensive lineman, I I do think that he has room to grow as a run stuffer. But I think that that's going to be a whole different ask uh, of a whole different player or players that Seattle is going to be bringing in, whether it be in uh, free agency still or um, in taking advantage of of this rookie class. One other uh, point, actually, two real quick um, that I want to make sure I mention: you, you, uh, well, Geno Smith. Uh, not only do it with what he demonstrated in terms of leadership and how that might be appealing to outside free agents, I think the fact that Geno Smith took a, a, a team-friendly contract. And so I think that his contract that Geno Smith received, I think, directly impacted everybody else, including Seattle's ability here to sign Draymond Jones. And the other thing, speaking of big deals, as we said, this is a monster deal at least as, as is being reported right now. It, it's the biggest deal since Seattle got Sidney uh, Rice, the wide receiver, all those years ago uh, to come to Seattle. So, I mean, this is, this is a big deal for Seattle and a, and a rare one at that. And I, I think that this is exactly the type of, of move that you want the Seahawks to be making right now. It takes advantage of a, a better – class of veteran defensive linemen that were out there um the, the defensive tackle class this year is has some big body strong guys but not those interior pass rushers and so again seattle's taking advantage of that and it does keep them open a little bit to the quarterback position at number five overall now now that you've got a big defensive lineman that's going to be able to provide you something then it does allow you a little bit more flexibility that number five overall spot
0: Yeah, and I think it would be remiss not to mention that this deal probably doesn't happen, even though it hasn't been officially reported yet. There have been reports out there that Shelby Harris is going to be a cap casualty. This move does not happen without that cut happening and opening that spot up on the line and opening up the cap space that they need to facilitate this deal. Now, we don't know the cap hits yet. All those details will come out in due time, especially once the deal becomes official on Wednesday, and he has signed the dotted line. We will have more to talk about. I'm sure we'll also be bringing in our buddy over at Locked on Broncos, Cody Rourke, to come on the show as well and feed us a little more info on Seattle's new defensive tackle. That will be coming up in future episodes. Up next, it is free agency. We're going to take a little bit of a step back at some of the moves Seattle has made, including Shelby Harris, that reported move, to open up cap space, and what our early impressions are of free agency and what else the Seahawks might be able to do after this big move with Draymond Jones. Don't go away. You're listening to the Monday edition of Locked On Seahawks. This episode is brought your way by Alderman Football GM. If you listen to our podcast regularly, you know how much I love the mobile game, Alderman Football GM. And if you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise, well, I can't think of a better time to fulfill your dream. And this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team. Play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency, even the tampering period and the draft, as well as the ups and downs of a season. All of this is in a challenging and realistic game world. So if you want to give John Schneider a run for his money running your own team, this is the way to go. Ultimate Football GM, it's completely free and playable offline. You can play on the go as you want, and when you want to, it's a blast, and our listeners should join in on the fun in their own league. Locked on Seahawks listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download a game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store. That's ultimate-gm.com, Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. You're listening to the Monday edition of Locked On Seahawks. This is your host, Corbin Smith. Glad, as always, to be joined by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to all the 12s out there, as always, for making Locked On Seahawks your first lesson five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. We are in day one of the legal tampering period. And I'm going to make sure I emphasize legal because we all know that those deals that were put together today didn't just poof happen today. So we know there's plenty of discussions that are going on behind the scenes leading up to this at the Combine and even before that point. But still, the NFL has this legal tampering period that they start. So we have officially kicked off free agency. The Seahawks normally don't do much the first couple of days. That changed today with Draymond Jones agreeing to terms on a three-year, $48 million contract. I've even seen some reports they might be $51 million. We're waiting for clarification on that. But either way, it is a huge deal that the Seahawks normally don't do in free agency. And to make that happen, Rob, they have had to open up some cap space. We mentioned Shelby Harris. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But first and foremost... We haven't had a chance to talk about this because there's been so much going on. Gabe Jackson was that first domino that fell, and it was one that we envisioned happening, especially after Phil Haynes was re-signed to a one-year, $4 million contract last month.
1: Yeah, and really, the writing was on the wall, going all the way back into last season. Of course, when, when Seattle was spelling uh, Gabe Jackson, you know, increasing the amount of time over and over again with, with Phil Haynes, it just looked like they were going to go with the younger, more athletic, and and obviously less expensive player. And uh, and, and so, as you mentioned, when they re-signed Phil Haynes, then – um, you know, it, it didn't take, uh, you know, a, a salary cap expert to know that that, that, that meant that, 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 that uh, Gabe Jackson was no longer going to be on the team moving forward. Um, that happened, and, uh, and now it looks like the Shelby Harris is going to be, uh, you know, suffering the same fate. To me, one of the other things that, that appears to have happened, and again, until the ink is dry, then, you know, these contracts are, are, are just social media banter, um, but it's being reported that, that Cody Barton ha- has signed uh, with Washington. So, um, you know, for all those Seahawks fans out there who were, were critical of, of Cody Barton's play during, you know, during his time in Seattle, well, you know, have some fun trying to replace that now. And that's going to be one of the big tasks that the Seahawks are going to have moving forward now that it is that they've signed, again, reportedly uh, Draymond Jones.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you pointed out Barton signing because that was one that I was a little bit surprised by, and I'll get to more on that here in a bit in terms of the linebackers and where everything fits at that position, but... I was a little surprised that he got swooped up that quickly. And at the same time, that tells you how the rest of the league views him. Now, we don't know how much money Washington paid him. We do know it's a fully guaranteed contract. And so somebody else, there was another team out there that liked what they saw in film from the young linebacker. And now he's going to get a chance to start in Washington. As for the two cap casualty moves, as we've talked about time and time again, and it's not a knock on, G- on Gabe Jackson. He's had a very good NFL career. But with a bulky knee. And the fact is, he just hasn't been very good the last two years, at least by his standards. He's given up at least 34 pressures in pass protection each of the last two years. In this last season, his pass protection efficiency was under 96%. And he was near the bottom. I think he was second or third to last in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. You can't be paying a guy the money they were paying and have those kind of numbers. And there's a reason they had Phil Haynes rotating in. I don't think it was just because they were trying to keep Gabe Jackson fresh. Phil Haynes was the better player. They went 3-0 and in the three games that he started last season and ran for almost 120 yards per game in those three contests. So that's why you re-sign Phil Haynes. You can draft somebody to compete against him in April and try to win that right guard job. But the writing has been on the wall for him with the injuries, with his age, the contract he had. It just wasn't going to be tenable to keep him on the roster. And the same thing with Shelby Harris. Now, I'm wondering if there's a chance if he doesn't have a great market that he could come back and play with Draymond Jones. They played together in Denver. But Seattle reportedly tried to trade him, couldn't get it done with that $12 million cap hit. Again, that's an untenable figure. If they weren't able to agree on an extension, if that wasn't even discussed, we don't know that. But they could not have that cap hit there, and it opened up almost $9 million in cap space that you can directly use on Draymond Jones as his replacement. And so it made sense that they had to make both those moves from a financial standpoint. And in Jackson's case, it just has not played up to par for the contract they had. And it just felt like that move was going to be happening at some point before the start of free agency. Sure enough, it did late last week. Now let's discuss what else We've noticed in free agency today and how that could affect the Seahawks. We were going into this show, not anticipating we were going to be talking about a splurge signing to sign one of the best defensive tackles and the Seahawks ended up doing that. So that may shift their approach with the rest of their free agent class. There's not going to be a lot of money to spend elsewhere, but we know that the linebacker group, there's a lot of guys that signed today, but aside from Tremaine Edmonds, None of those players broke the bank. Even Jermaine Pratt signed a three-year, $21 million deal. $7 million a year? I mean, you can't tell me the Seahawks wouldn't have been wanting to jump on that if they could get him at that price. It seems like this is a very suppressed market. And even with Cody Barton gone, maybe that opens the door for Bobby Wagner. One of these other veterans is still out there, but you would think that the cost is going to be where Seattle wants it to be able to make that move to add a veteran at that position.
1: Yeah, I, I think that it reflects, again, just the, the lack of, of stud linebackers in this draft class, core. I mean, there's a lot of really good ones, but most of them are, are rushers. Um, and so I, I think that – and, again, I think that uh, this was a veteran group that was also very good, too. Um, so I think you had kind of a perfect storm um, in, in that regard, and that's why you, you saw so many of those veteran linebackers get swooped up. I mean, you, you didn't see the, that happen at wide receiver – And I think that that's, again, a reflection of the fact that there are a lot of wide receivers that are expected to go, not necessarily in the top 10. This isn't that rich of a a receiver class, but it's really good um in in that oh, thirty 30 to 60 or so range I think you're going to see four or five receivers going to want to come off the draft off the the board and um in in the NFL draft that way and so teams are going to be a little bit more hesitant to throw money around um for that position so uh, to me uh same thing with defensive line uh again I didn't see a lot of of guys who were um you know with the exception of Jalen Carter of course which you know again has his own challenges but on the field he is he's a superstar but there's not a lot of other guys in that uh in that realm in my opinion um but there were some studs in 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 defensive free agency in terms of the veterans Javon Hargrave got a big deal um you know and, and obviously Seattle um you know felt that, that Draymond Jones uh, deserved uh, you know, a, a deal that, as we talked about a couple of moments ago, is just so uncharacteristic for the Seahawks, but one that I think really makes a lot of sense because, again, it, just how it reflected on uh, the lack of talent relatively at, at that position in this year's draft class.
0: Yeah. <coughs> yeah, I think that's a really good point. Excuse me. Uh, when we're talking about the linebacker position, you know th- this does tell you something about the draft class. But I also think that it also kind of tells you how NFL teams are viewing the linebacker position right now in today's NFL. They aren't willing unless you're the Bears signing Tremaine Edmonds and and again, that's a very good football player. So you can justify paying that kind of money. But th- these teams are not investing. The 15 to 20 million dollar a year contracts in a linebacker anymore. That's just not gonna happen because the position has been devalued. It's not quite to the level of running back on offense, but it's kind of similar in the sense that you know your traditional linebacker has gotten phased out of the game to an extent. You still got your superstars out there that dominate the position, have the athleticism teams are looking for, but Those players aren't being developed at the level below them, at least not very many players like that. And so it really changes the outlook of free agency with the money these guys are getting. I still think the Seahawks can get a quality veteran at a pretty good price based on what we've seen. And maybe that ends up being Bobby Wagner. We don't know where that's going to lead. I think the other thing that I've maybe changed my tune on now with Draymond Jones being signed, it's going to be really difficult for the Seahawks to get a starting caliber center in this free agent class. Even if somebody like Ryan Kelly gets cut by the Colts, Ryan Kelly's not for P so I think in time, maybe now you go out and you get that guy that can compete against a rookie that maybe has some starting experience. I don't know who that player ends up being. Maybe you end up bringing back somebody like Kyle Fuller who knows the system, but they're going to have to do something. They do not have a center on the roster right now. I just don't know. Now with this contract to Jones, that they're going to have the ability to get that starting caliber player to replace Austin Blythe in free agency that they might have been able to if they didn't make that big signing on defense.
1: I think that's true. Um at the same time I, I think that uh that Draymond Jones is, is much more likely to be able to actually add to Seattle's win total um i again just because i think that this rookie class um does have some some kind of plug and play center options uh yeah. several of them in, in my opinion um and so that's where i think that you know seattle for the first time in a long time has the has the number of draft picks um to be able to fill that position of concern they've got a quarterback i think in, in Geno smith who just just his his frame um is i think allows him to be a little bit more um easy to protect um, than, than Russell Wilson was. And and so again, I think that uh, I fully expect Seattle to take a center in this year's draft class. But that said, I, I do think that there could be some veterans that are available at relatively cheap prices or perhaps even in the trade market. Um, I think that you're going to see a lot of players that are going to wind up getting released by NFL teams. And I think that John Schneider um, is going to be looking to uh, to steal as many of those veterans who were worth millions a year ago that are now, um, you know, basically you can get them for nickels on the dollar. I think that's exactly what the, the strategy you're going to see Seattle take moving forward at the linebacker at uh, throughout all of the veteran free agency and i love that you mentioned bobby wagner i, I think that uh, that might be something that, that seattle is going to you know absolutely try to pursue just because again and, and one of those veteran linebackers one of those veteran interior offensive linemen those are positions of concern still for the seattle and i think that
0: those positions you might be able especially the linebacker spot because it looks like a suppressed market we don't know what Bobby Wagner's value is going to be for other teams like the Cowboys reportedly are talking to him again. But what are they going to be willing to offer a soon to be 33 year old linebacker even coming off an all pro season? So it's lining up if he wants to be in Seattle and John Snyder, Pete Carroll want to make it happen. It's lining up for them to find a way to make it happen. I just I expect a veteran linebacker is going to be signed in the next couple of days. Maybe it'll end up being number 54 coming back. We don't know. There's still a few options out there, but the market was picked pretty clean today with a lot of lower than I expected values in terms of contracts and total value in terms of salaries. So it'll be interesting to see what the Seahawks do on that front. We're going to shift to the draft because it is mock draft Monday after all. I know free agency is going on, but we got to talk the draft. We're going to be looking at three expert mock drafts that came out this past weekend after the Carolina Panthers moved up to trade for the number one overall pick. How do the experts think that maybe changes things for the Seahawks heading towards the draft with that top five pick? We'll be looking into those three mock drafts coming up next year on our Monday dish of Locked On Seahawks. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. I'm part. I'm a big fan of betting on player props, including FanDuel's player parlay builder. For example, you can bet on Miles Turner to score 20 points at plus 115 tonight. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash on, that's FanDuel.com slash on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You're listening to the Mock Draft Monday edition of Locked On Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad, as always, to be joined by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to all the 12s out there, as always, for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week and for your second listen make sure to check out the locked on nfl draft podcast damian parson and keith sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest nfl draft prospects with deep dives into the sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite nfl franchise find locked on nfl draft wherever you get your podcast and on youtube part of the locked on podcast network your team every day We've been talking so much about free eggs in this episode, and obviously the Seahawks making a splash signing, bringing in Draymond Jones. They've made a few cap casualty moves to open up the signing. Flexibility, they need to make a move like that. There's some other rumors circulating out there, but we still got the draft coming up, and the Seahawks are one of those teams that are going into this process expecting to be able to get difference-making impact players in bunches with four picks in the top 52, So without further ado, Rob, it's time to get to our expert mock drafts. And there's a bunch of them because there was a big trade last week with the Carolina Panthers moving up to number one overall to get their franchise quarterback. That shifts the thing, the narrative shifts things around a little bit for the Seattle Seahawks at number five overall. Now that we know that, probably three of the teams in the top four are going to be getting a quarterback and who knows what the Arizona Cardinals are going to do with that third pick. So let's look at our first mock draft here. Post that Carolina Panthers trade. This one coming from Ryan Wilson at cbs.com. Let's just call on the Seattle Bulldogs. Why don't we two Georgia players going to the Seahawks, Jalen Carter, even with the legal issues going at number five and Nolan Smith, the Uber athletic edge rusher at number 20 overall. Some of our listeners, Rob, might be thinking, well, we got Draymond Jones now. We don't need Jalen Carter. That is not the case at all. Could you imagine teaming those two up if the Seahawks are okay with drafting him and are not worried about character concerns? Those two together on the same defensive line, and then you can add Nolan Smith to go with the Cheninuosu and Daryl Taylor. Suddenly what was a weakness in some regards becomes a strength with high upside if you add those two players.
1: Yeah, it's an exciting thought. Uh, it, it really is. I mean, in, especially now with, with Draymond Jones, uh, you know, likely to be on on your roster. You add a guy who is as powerful as uh, Jalen Carter. Um, you know, that, that's going to very much improve your run defense that we talked about before is still very much a huge concern. You know that, That's the thing. I, as we go through these mock drafts, one of the things that we did not talk about earlier, and I want to make sure that I mention, is that uh as Draymond Jones, while he will impact Seattle's ability to get after the quarterback, um, again, his struggles a little bit in the running game continue to be a concern. This is a team that was Uh, In the top five most allowed rushing yards, top five most allowed rushing touchdowns, they've got to get bigger and stronger at the point of attack, and Jalen Carter could do that. I think that he is still in play at number five overall. I think that he would be frightening. You have to know who the, the young man is. But I think that the Seahawks are one of the teams that um, have a track record of, of giving people the benefit of the doubt, or a second chance, so to speak. And, uh, you know, and, and so I think that he is going to be in play. And I, I love Nolan Smith as well. As you mentioned, it could be the Seattle Bulldogs. Well, that would be the Seattle two-time defending national champions. You know, I mean, that, that's, I like the sound of that. Uh, from from yeah. a Seahawks perspective, you know, I mean, this, this is again, this is a dominant, dominant team. And you're talking about two of the most impactful players off of those back to back champs, so uh, champion squad. So, again, I I, I, I like this uh, idea. I just don't think that it's very realistic. I, I think that in today's NFL, it's very rare that you see teams really go this all in to one group. Now, I, I hey, believe me, uh, if there is a group that I think that you should be considering possibly going all in, it'd be the defensive line like this group would be. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do think that you're going to see, see how maybe go offense and defense a little bit more um, more likely, or at least uh, different levels of the defense rather than, than these two selections.
0: I get the argument that you're making there because it doesn't happen. You don't see teams go out and use their first three picks on defensive line or first three picks on offensive line. Very often there might be a few exceptions in history, but this is an instance, though, for the Seahawks. You look at the division you're in. Look at what the 49ers just did. They got Javon Hargrave and added him to a line that already had Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead. Like That is a cheat code. You, to compete with a team like that, you need to start getting some of the guys that you can bring in that are going to have a similar impact to be able to play with a football team, like the 49ers, you need more physicality. You need more athleticism. You just need better players up front on defense. And that's the biggest issue for this team. So I would love it. If this is the route that they went here. Now we don't know what the rest of their free agent plans are. Maybe there's another edge guy that they like that they can add. And then suddenly Nolan Smith doesn't look like a guy they're going to bring in. Maybe Jalen Carter's not on their board because of what happened with Malik McDowell. We know that they have changed their draft strategy. Some Ever since that happened, he had the ATV accent. So maybe all those things weighing in, this is not a realistic draft. At the same time, from a need standpoint, I still think they need another defensive tackle, especially one that can stop the run. And if Jalen Carter is still on their draft board, then you got to go with him at number five. And Nolan Smith at 20, I don't know if he makes it that far after what he did in the combine. I think it would be good value, and he is also a very good run defender coming from Georgia. Our next one here coming from Ryan Fowler of the Draft Network. At pick number five, Tyree Wilson, the edge from Texas Tech. He's been a popular mock selection for the Seahawks at number five throughout the pre-draft process. And maybe one of the bigger surprises, we've been talking linebacker, one of the players that might actually be a good fit for the Seahawks, and you maybe could justify picking as early as pick number 20, Drew Sanders, the linebacker out of Arkansas previously was with Alabama before transferring We've talked a lot about Tyree Wilson and that incredible 6'6", 275-pound frame, the athleticism, the punch that he brings – I don't know necessarily he fits the defense they're trying to run right now in Seattle at the same time. You draft good football players. And as for Drew Sanders, nine and a half sacks last year. You want to talk about a guy that could be another Swiss Army knife in this 3-4 defense? He can play off-ball linebacker. He's really stout in coverage. A great athlete can rush off the edge. He's a really good blitzer. Run defense maybe is the biggest thing for him to improve upon. And I just think getting stronger is going to be the key for him. But, there are a lot of first-round traits with Drew Sanders, and we know with Cody Barton being gone, we don't know who else is going to be there. That is a huge position of concern for the Seahawks that maybe they end up drafting as early as number 20 overall.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that it does open up the possibility that if not number five and number 20, then certainly in those two selections in the second round, I think that, that um, it makes it much more likely – that Seattle is going to use one of those picks on, a line, on an off-ball linebacker um, to, to fill those that position of concern. I mean, maybe they're able to get themselves one of these veterans. We talked about the possibility of a reunification with Bobby Wagner or, or perhaps one of those other veterans that are still in the market. But um, th- there are some pretty solid off-ball linebacker candidates in this draft class that just, in my opinion, most of them, um, I, I think it, you get him in a position of value if you get him on day two or maybe even into day three. Um, because I don't see a lot of linebackers that uh, have the ability to stay on the on the field all three downs. Drew Sanders being one of them. we you talked briefly um, in the last segment last segment about uh, Tremon Edmond Edmund, Edmonds, excuse me, um that uh, just got the big contract from the Chicago Bowl or Chicago Bears. Um, anyways, and, um, I think that the reason why is just because again, he has the ability to stay on the field on three downs. I mean, he is a really intriguing pass rusher just with his frame and his, uh, you know, his coverage ability, his length, the same kind of thing here with Sanders. And so that's why I think that there are going to be some teams out there who are going to view him as such, uh, Seattle, I would be surprised if they do, but again, he does present an awful lot of, 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 uh, it, issues for the for the offense just because of the fact that you can line him up in so many different ways. I, I personally am not quite as high on him as others seem to be. I, I don't have him as, as a player that, that I think should be selected number 20 overall. Um, but at the same time, I, again, acknowledge that they do need a linebacker and, and think that they will be taking one in, in this year's draft class. It, again, sometime on day two probably.
0: It's always nice when we have a player that we kind of butt heads on a little bit, because I feel like you and I like a lot of the same prospects and I'm obviously much higher on Drew Sanders than you are. Yeah. And there are some guys that you like that I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know about. And it's always fun to look back and see which one of those guys ends up being really successful in the NFL. And sometimes they both don't. And those are that, that makes both of us look like idiots. So it's really fun on our show. But anyway, our last one here coming from Ben standing of the athletic. This is a double-edged sword. Two edge selections at 5 and 20, and maybe this isn't quite as crazy now that they have signed Draymond Jones to fill that defensive tackle role, but if Will Anderson is still there at pick number five, he is clearly the best defensive player in this draft. I mean, you can make an argument Jalen Carter is, but there are the question marks there. Will Anderson is not coming into the draft with those character questions at all, so he would be a home run selection number five. Now, Miles Murphy, he's an intriguing one at pick 20 because I think you and I actually are on the same tangent with this. I'm not of the belief that he's a top 10 talent in this draft. There are some experts out there though, that have been mocking him as high as pick six, pick seven, some even pick five with the Seahawks. And so he's one of those more wider gapped evaluations of this draft class. And you can see why people love it. I mean, he's got the big frame that Tyree Wilson brings to the table and there are flashes of brilliance, but at the same time, I don't necessarily see the same athletic punch from him on the field that I see from Tyree Wilson when he is playing at his best. And I don't know necessarily about the versatility with that size that you would expect. So it feel like pure talent. But at number 20, you're talking about a guy that was a five-star recruit that has a lot of physical upside and plenty of football tools that might be worth it at that spot.
1: Corbin, it's kind of appropriate here that I'm sitting in a, in a hotel room in Eugene, Oregon, about ready to go to the University of Oregon pro day. And for those <laughs> of you who are watching the on uh, watching the you know on, on YouTube or in the video of this, you might see that there's one light behind me. That would be kind of an analogy for like Miles Murphy. If the other light was on too, then it'd be Will Anderson Jr. I mean, because the you're right, there there are flashes of light. Uh, you know, flashes of, of potential, of, of brilliance with Miles Murphy. There's just that many more flashes with Will Anderson. That's why I, I think if he were somehow available to the Seahawks number five overall, then you have to just turn in that card and just feel really happy about the fact that you got an absolute superstar. I mean, just a, a, as proven as it gets um, on and off the field. I mean, he is the, he, he is kind of considered the guy at Alabama yeah I mean, and so you'd love to have a player like that, even though I think that that is a little bit of a luxury pick because of the fact that I think I still think that Seattle's pass rush is pretty darn good. Um, you know I mentioned before about how Seattle' was fifth worst in, in run defense in terms of rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Seattle was tied for fifth best in terms of just pure sacks a year ago. And and, and so, um, you know, again, I, I think that that's something that people tend to forget a little bit. So I definitely think in this particular mock draft, you have two different edge rushers. I, I think that you, you're kind of losing the, the point a little bit. Uh, that said, I, I do think that Will Anderson would be the absolute best player available if he was available at number five. And I think that if Miles Murphy is available at 20, then he would certainly be if not the best and and certainly among the best this is a really physically gifted player um, that is just still kind of scratching the surface figuring out football a little bit he's just such a gifted athlete um and and you do see again the the flashes um uh, of what he can do i mean he is so explosive uh he can he can bend he is he's long and strong Um, You know, and he just has to kind of put it all together a little bit. I just think that he is being viewed by some as, as such a immediate slam dunk kind of superstar pick. And I don't think that he is quite as safe. That's why I agree with you that he probably should go somewhere in that more outside the top 10. But again, probably before Seattle is back up at number 20 overall.
0: As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Rob at Rob Rang. Make sure to check out Locked on Seahawks. Where we're available on all major podcast platforms and streaming five days a week on YouTube. We've got a bonus episode. There are two Monday episodes. We got to kick off free agency with a little bit of a frenzy and. We're going to be happy to have star safety Quandre Diggs joining the show to weigh in on the addition of Draymond Jones, the potential of Bobby Wagner playing in Seattle again in 2023 and much more. So keep your computers or your cell phones on. We've got another show coming your way soon here on Locked on Seahawks. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks.